Welcome to Season 2 of Trying Our Best, a mother-daughter good place podcast. Hi, I'm Michelle. And I'm Mila. And today we're talking about Season 2, Episode 5 of The Good Place. So, we begin with Chidi trying to teach Michael in his ethics class. But it's not working very well. Michael seems to keep forgetting that people are good and that he does not want to kill them. And there was a little puzzle, and um, it was called the trolley problem. So the trolley problem is actually a classic philosophy question, and it goes like this. If you are standing away from a trolley, so a trolley is kind of like a train on a track, and you have a switch that you could flip to make it go one way or another, and it has to go one or the other, And if you leave the switch where it is, it's going to kill five people because there's five people on that track. But if you move it, it's going to kill one person. So the question is, what would you do? Would you move the switch and kill one person or would you leave it where it is and let it kill five people? And that's sort of the base of the question. But then it gets into all these different versions. What if the one person is somebody that you know and love? What if one of the five people is a terrible person? What if it's already pointed to the one person? Do you just leave it there or... If that person is someone you love, do you switch it to the five people to save them? So there's all kinds of different versions of this, but it's a classic philosophy, ethical thought experiment. And we can just get rid of the trolley altogether and say that you need to, there are five sick people and they're going to die. The only way to save them is to kill one healthy person. So in that case, you would be like taking the organs from one healthy person to save five people. And it kind of shows that the trolley problem is a little complicated because if you took a purely utilitarian response, which we talked about from season one, where you just see how to do the most good and the least harm, a purely utilitarian response would say, well, you always save the five people and not the one. But as most people will make it clear when they actually try to do any of these experiments, it's not that simple that usually we don't just use a purely utilitarian decision making. We have to add in some other layers to that. So that's the lesson that Chidi is teaching, but Michael is really not doing very good with it. I'm a utilitarian, so so no matter what or who this one person was, I'd probably switch tracks because it would be kind of selfish to save that person and kill the other five people. So if it was me on the track and five strangers, you would flip the switch and kill me just to save five strangers? I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, Chidi's not happy with the way that this experiment with Michael is going. Why not? Because Michael seemed to forget that people are good, and he made the trolley problem real. So he's basically using his magical powers to create a real-life scenario where Chidi, instead of it being a thought experiment, has to pull the lever for real. And it turns out that Chidi, for all of his talk about what ethics 
are and how they work, he can't make these decisions very well. And so he keeps getting splattered with the blood of the people that die because he can't decide in time. And he's being tortured. Eventually, Eleanor realizes that this is Michael's plan all along, that he's fallen back into his old habits and is just finding new ways to torture them. Chidi gets so mad when he finds out that Michael was using his classes against him that he kicks Michael out of the class completely. In fact... Michael was trying so hard to torture Chidi that he put him in the doctor situation. And it would this was an easy decision for Chidi. He doctors made an oath to not do any harm and he wouldn't hurt one of his friends even if it would save five people. And then Michael made him tell their families And it turns out one of the people that he didn't save was hurt because he hit them with a trolley. So Michael was torturing Chidi, who tried his whole life and his afterlife to be a good person. And he was making him feel like a bad person. While all of this is playing out for Chidi, Eleanor, and Michael... Jason and Tahani are having some issues of their own. They have started a relationship together, and Jason is happy about it, but Tahani doesn't want anyone else to know. And Jason is kind of upset that she's embarrassed of him and doesn't want people to know about them. So he suggests that she talks to somebody about it, and she decides to talk to Janet, who is sort of acting like a couples counselor for them while they work through this. And meanwhile... Janet starts glitching every time she says that she's happy for them or that she likes the way things are going for their relationship. And so there's this other plot about Jason, Tahani, and Janet happening at the same time that Eleanor, Chidi, and Michael are trying to figure out their stuff. So the first thing that we want to talk about today is that trolley problem. And I have taken some philosophy classes and studied philosophy quite a bit. And this kind of thought experiment is a major feature of philosophy because you are asked to kind of think through what you would do in scenarios that are probably never going to happen. Do you think that's useful, Ayla? Yes, I think it can teach you. But it can also make you feel like it's not important to learn it since it's never going to happen. So one of the criticisms I've heard from other ethical philosophy people and from students is that these kinds of thought experiments, they don't really mean anything. A lot of people can't take them seriously. They joke about them. Michael even says that in the thing. He says that I, I can't take it seriously if, this, if there are no stakes. So he says the pain is real even if the people are fake in his scenario that he created to torture Chidi. And while Michael is obviously saying that because he's up to no good, I do think that there's something to be said for that, that the decisions you make when there aren't any real consequences are not necessarily the same as the decisions you would make when there are consequences to face. And so I'm not sure how much these kinds of thought experiments actually help us be ethical in our real lives, even if they are fun or interesting to talk about. So if those kinds of thought experiments aren't the best way for us to learn to be ethical in real life, what is the best way to build our ethics for the real situations we're going to face? I'm thinking real scenarios, but less deadly scenarios. So maybe it's just like, um, oh, you're buying someone a present and you only have enough money to buy one person this present. So you have to pick which person you're going to buy the present for. 
Or maybe you get a less expensive present for both people, some things like that. Yeah, I think that's a really good example that maybe our ethics don't have to be life and death or these huge decisions all the time. Because that way, if we make a mistake, it's not a literally deadly mistake, right? We can kind of practice being the kind of person we want to be and living the kind of life we want to live when the stakes are a little bit lower so that when the stakes get high, we already have those habits built in. We already have that critical thinking and the way of approaching it built into our mindset. I think that's a really smart way of doing it. So, you know when people say that lying can be for a good cause? This might be one of those good causes because what if Michael told Chidi that he was actually killing people and even if he wasn't, then he would have learned. But another thing is that would have really made Chidi sad. So, choices. I think that that kind of gets to the point that even if we practice making ethical decisions, we're probably going to face some scenarios where there is no answer that we're completely happy with, that we feel like completely matches our ethical framework all of the time because the world is just too complicated and sometimes we have to make a decision that is going to go against what we really want. And so I do think that the kind of yes or no thought experiment part of the trolley problem doesn't really get to the complexity of real life. Switching gears, we're going to talk about Sahani and Jason. So Tahani is completely embarrassed by Jason. She goes on and on about how she's never dated anybody as low on the social status as him, that he doesn't even have a job, he doesn't have money like she does, he doesn't come across as very smart or educated, but there's a lot she likes about him. He's very nice to her, they have a they have fun together, and she thinks that he's attractive. And so he's like, why are you embarrassed by me? Why do you care what other people think? And on top of that, Tahani doesn't really let Jason think for himself. When Janet asked um, uh, Jason's opinion, Tahani just answered for him. And then they, then Tahani kind of saw that she sort of had a problem with this. And then we saw Jason's perspective. Tahani was so mean to Jason, and Jason was so nice to her. So one of the things that we wanted to kind of pick apart in this scenario is what lessons can we take about how we should treat one another? And in this case, they're boyfriend and girlfriend. They're in a romantic relationship. But I think this applies to all kinds of relationships. This could be a relationship between family members, a relationship between friends, or a romantic relationship. And it's just kind of a matter of what do we owe to one another when we are when we have some kind of relationship? Do we owe some sort of balance in how we treat each other? This actually reminds me of a TV show I watched where these two people were having trouble getting along because they were just so different from each other. For example, this guy was, he drummed on his desk in classes to help him concentrate, but it, it really annoyed the other girl and it made it harder for her to concentrate. And in those situations when the people are just so truly different, it can be hard to, like, not get mad at them or lash out at them. I think that's a really smart observation, that there might be a difference between incompatibility and being mean, right? Like, maybe there's people that 
for whatever reason, we just don't individually click with, right? Like maybe we have different needs or a different way of looking at the world. And that doesn't mean that one of us is wrong. It just means that whenever we're together, there's always some friction or tension and we can't really seem to get on the same page. And I don't think that that is entirely what's going on between Jason and Tahani because obviously they get along really well when they're, you know, for instance, sleeping together, right? But it's in the moments when somebody else is around that Tahani doesn't treat Jason well. So it's more about her embarrassment over her own attraction to him than it is about him as a person. So where we are now, Tahani owes an apology to Jason and Michael certainly owes an apology to Chidi. So here we are at our question of the day, and it is, what makes a good apology? Pause the podcast, talk about it, think about it, maybe write about it, and then come back. Welcome back. And so let's talk about what encouraged Michael to apologize to Chidi. It was actually Eleanor. Eleanor told Michael that she thought that Michael was lashing out at Chidi because he felt insecure because he was supposed to be the all-knowing powerful demon and he couldn't handle that some minor human was better at something than him. So Michael is convinced by Eleanor, and he comes to the humans, and he says, I'm sorry, and to show you that I'm sorry, I've brought you all opposite tortures, which is his word for gifts. And he has has a gift for each of them, the world's largest diamond for Tahani, a Pikachu balloon for Jason that he immediately pops, and an unlimited shrimp, shrimp dispensary for Eleanor. And then he gets to... Chidi, the one he really owes the apology to, and he has made a replica of a lost notebook from Immanuel Kant. He's given Chidi something that he would really, really love, and what does Chidi do with it, Ayla? Well, Chidi was thankful enough to say thank you as he threw it in the trash can. Chidi completely rejects it. He said, this is not a gift. This is not an apology. This is a bribe. So basically, Chidi is saying that you can't just buy your way out of something you've done wrong. You can't just try to make me feel good to make yourself feel better about having made me feel bad. That's not the same thing as an apology. Why not? And that's why you may hear some sayings that you can't buy love and you can't buy affections. You can't buy apologies. And it's because you kind of can't. But it's not all about the gift. It's more about how much they care to give you the gift. So in my mind, the gift is about making Chidi and Tahani and Eleanor and Jason, making them feel happy and kind of the idea of like, well, they're happy now, so it doesn't matter that I hurt them earlier because I've canceled it out. But Michael was doing that through the gifts 
not through actually taking responsibility for the harm that he caused, not through admitting his own past actions or getting to the root of the problem. So when Chidi refuses to accept the gift, it forces Michael to really examine why he acted that way to begin with and to actually question if he's going to change his behavior. And on top of this, Michael didn't really work for these gifts. I mean, part of giving people gifts to make them happy and showing them that you care about them is that it may have been hard to get. And that what if it's it's that they didn't keep it for themselves. It's that they took the thought to give it to you instead. But for Michael, he didn't work for them. He just asked Janet to snap her fingers and make them appear. So let's apply this to the real world a little bit, because our question of the day was, what makes a good apology? And what do you think? What does make a good apology? I think it's hard to make a good apology. But one way to make a good apology is to know the person and... um, maybe apologize in a certain way, or you could just say that I'm sorry and explain why you did this bad thing, which is exactly what Michael did. So one thing for me that makes, that I know when I need to apologize for something that helps me is that I need a little bit of space to deal with my own embarrassment because I don't like knowing that I've done something wrong. So when I know that I messed up, my first reaction is to get kind of angry or to try to run away because when I feel that embarrassment, I get really, I just want to make the feeling stop. And it's not the person who I hurt or the person who I did something wrong to. It's not their responsibility to deal with me feeling like that. So sometimes I just need a little bit of space to go away and get over that embarrassment and deal with it a little bit because then I can come back and apologize much more meaningfully when I'm not dealing with my own stuff and I can I can really recognize the harm that I did to somebody else and give them my full attention. One of the best things you can do to apologize is to stop doing what y- what you've been doing wrong. But old habits die hard and that makes me think that Wasn't that what Michael was trying to do? Yeah, that's a really good point. I think the best thing you can do to have a sincere apology is to change your future behavior, even if the person that was mad at you, even if they don't accept your apology and they don't want to deal with you anymore, if you change that behavior in the future so you don't do it to anyone else, that is a way of really enacting that apology in a sincere and meaningful way. And finally, someone other than Jason and Tahani notices that Janet's been glitching, and Janet warns Michael that this that the neighborhood is under total collapse. When we tune back in for next week's episode, that's where we'll pick up, and we hope that you'll join us. <laughs> <laughs>